Hey y'all, welcome to NOLA Hots, a podcast to raise awareness about congenital heart defects and discuss resources about CHD. This week on our Lanyap episode, we invite the Englert family to share their story. Denise will talk about her journey as a heart patient and then later as a heart mom with her daughter, Hannah. Without further ado, here is Denise. Hi, my name is Denise and I am here to talk to you about my family's heart journey. My personal journey began in the fall of 1982. I was in the hospital to have my tonsils removed and the anesthesiologist heard a murmur and recommend that I see a cardiologist. My mother learned that I had a congenital heart defect called coarctation of the aorta and needed open heart surgery um, as soon as possible. It was amazing that I had made it to over seven years undiagnosed. Looking back, I had symptoms, but none so severe that it brought concern to anyone. My energy level was very low and I didn't have the endurance that other kids my age had, but I was still active. So in December of 82, I had open heart surgery at Our Lady of the Lake Hospital and Dr. Eugene Berry was my surgeon. After a full recover, I was back on the softball field and roller skating in the neighborhood. Fast forward about 18 years later to the year 2000, I had just gotten married to my sweetheart It was recommended by one of the OBGYNs that I was working with to get a cardiac workup just to make sure that my heart could handle a pregnancy. I hadn't seen a cardiologist in years, so I agreed that it was in my best interest. I saw my surgeon and after a battery of tests, I was given the all clear. Jason and I found out that we were pregnant in August of 2004 and we were over the moon with joy. We had a difficult time getting pregnant and went through fertility treatments for about 18 months. Finally, our prayers had been answered and we were ecstatic. The week before Christmas, we were able to have our first ultrasound. Because of my heart, we were considered high risk and so we went to maternal fetal medicine for the ultrasound. I was about 19 weeks. We couldn't hardly wait to see our baby. We didn't want to know what we were having and so that just added to our excitement. The maternal fetal medicine doctor told us that the baby wasn't in a good position to see all of the heart, so he wanted us to come back in about four weeks to take another look. And because of my history, he wanted us to go on a day that the pediatric cardiologist would be there, just in case. So completely clueless, we left with pictures of our baby, so excited to share with our family over Christmas. January 19, 2005 is a day that I will never forget. We couldn't wait to see our baby again. We entered the maternal fetal medicine clinic and the sonogram began. The baby had grown so much in four weeks and we loved seeing more pictures. After a little while, the technician got the doctor to come in and they began talking and the mood in the room completely changed. When he left, I asked if everything was okay and the technician just said, he'll talk to you soon. We knew something was wrong when they put us in a conference room and the pediatric cardiologist started speaking. Dr. Hickson, who we love dearly, began to explain that our baby had hypoplastic left heart syndrome and had about a 60% chance of surviving. I know he said a whole lot more as I have the pictures and information to prove it, but I heard nothing beyond that. My world came crashing down around me and I could hardly breathe. Somehow we made it out of that conference room, knowing that our baby would need three open heart surgeries, one immediately after birth, one at about four to six months, and then the third around two and a half years. 
we were encouraged to go home and talk about it, process it, and we would meet Dr. Hickson in about four weeks to take another look. So instead of going to work to share our joy in pictures, we drove home completely heartbroken. This baby for whom we prayed and begged for was likely to be taken from us. How does one handle that? I spent about two days in disbelief. For all you moms listening, I don't have to explain mama guilt to you. It starts the minute you know you're pregnant and responsibility that comes with that. I was consumed with guilt. I caused this. It's my fault. I will tell you, years later, that guilt still lingers, however, not as bad as it did that day. After two days, I put my big girl panties on and began to fight to save my baby's life. I made phone calls to doctors I worked with and many I didn't know to get advice. I was desperate to find a mom who had a similar experience and could help me navigate the CHD journey. I spoke with several, but none who had a child with HLHS. We began to research HLHS, treatments, hospitals, etc. Everything I could do, I was so desperate. We learned that with HLHS, the left ventricle aort and aorta are not fully developed, and the baby would require three surgeries to basically replumb the heart. The first would occur within the first week of life. We communicated with Dr. Hickson many times over the month to learn more. When we arrived for our next ultrasound in Dr. Hickson's office, we had decided we would go to Boston for delivery and surgical interventions. There was a sense of peace that came over us once that decision had been made. We could then become excited again. We did our best to continue to find the positive, even with the very dark cloud over our heads. We had numerous ultrasounds over the next two months, never learning what he or she was going to be. It was the one thing we still had control of, and it helped to keep us excited. April 19th, we flew to Boston so we could be there early in case I went into labor. We saw so many specialists while there, it was overwhelming. Our baby was in no hurry to make it, its entrance into the world, so on May 4, 2005, at 10.39 a.m., our baby was born. Hannah Suzanne was her name, and she was perfect. She was perfectly pink and looked healthy enough that I was able to hold her in the delivery room before they whisk her away to the NICU to start an umbilical drip of prostaglandin. This medicine would help keep her PDA open and what would keep her alive until her surgery. Because she had no functioning left ventricle, this hole would allow for blood flow from the right ventricle. Hannah was doing so well that they were able to bring her back to me one more time before sending her next door to Children's Hospital Boston. Because of my CHD, I had to be on a monitor for 24 hours, and it was killing me to be away from her. So the next morning, I was up and dressed and in a wheelchair at 24 hours on my way across the catwalk to Children's Boston to see her. I felt my time was limited, and I didn't want to leave her. On Friday, May 6th, Hannah was taken for her first open heart surgery. 
The hours were agonizing. And finally, Dr. Meyer came out and told us it was complete and she was back in cardiac ICU. Her chest was left open because she was so swollen and they would attempt to close it in a few days. We spent the next 10 days in ICU before transferring to the floor and eventually home. It was great to be home, but also so very scary. We knew that the time between her first and second surgery was the most fragile. In the next three months, Hannah was admitted to Our Lady of the Late Children's Hospital or the hospital three times with low oxygen saturations. Her stats would drop into the 50s and 60s. A little scary for a nurse who knows that normal saturations are in the 90s. <laughs> she kept us on our toes until it was time to return to Boston for surgery number two. And in September 2005, we handed her over for them to do more replumbing. She did well with her surgery, and we were home in less than two weeks. Two days after returning home, we ended up back in ICU at Our Lady of the Lake with a very sick baby. We eventually had to be medically lifted back to Boston. She had pleural effusions, pericardial effusions. She was intubated um, and on a ventilator. She had a drain draining the fluid around her heart, and she had chest tubes placed to drain the fluid around her lungs. We flew in a medical Learjet to Boston, and that was the scariest two-hour and 50-minute, two-minute flight I had ever been on. Boston traffic is scary. Boston in an ambulance is even worse. She was taken straight to CICU, and Children's Hospital Boston began to do what they do best. Hannah had developed chylose effusions due to the damage in the lymphatic system, which is common with open-heart surgery. We sat in ICU for three weeks with many ups and downs and unknowns. Finally, it was like a light switch went off and Hannah started behaving, for lack of a better word. Um, she was finally able to be discharged and go home. The next couple of years passed with no issues. We were enjoying watching our little miracle grow and do normal kid things. In September of 2007, we found ourselves in Boston for her third scheduled open heart surgery. This was the final surgery and a big one. The last stage completely changes the way blood circulates through her heart and lungs. All blood will now return to her lungs, then to her right heart, and then to her body. The circulation is completely dependent upon her lungs being healthy and happy. Hannah came out of that surgery and was doing okay. We watched in complete amazement as the nurses handled a massive amount of limes and drains. That night we went back to the patient family housing and were sleeping when our phone rang at about 1.30 in the morning. In all of our time in Children's Boston, we'd never gotten the middle of the night phone call. It was the ICU calling, Hannah wasn't doing well and we needed to get to the hospital. We rushed to the hospital and the doctor said she's very unstable. They were giving her lots of medicine to help her. However, her body was just not liking the way the new, the new circulatory flow. So we sat for the rest of the night and all day the next day watching them do all they could to help her. And that night around 9 p.m., we were walking our parents to the elevator. They were leaving to go home the next day and with heavy hearts because Hannah was still struggling. When we walked back onto the unit, we were told that Hannah needed to be put on ECMO. She was in ARDS, or acute respiratory distress. 
and needed ECMO to say, give her lungs some time to rest. It was the middle of the night and the whole team was there. The ICU staff, her attending cardiologist, her cardiothoracic thoracic surgeon, they were all on standby just in case she needed emergency surgery. We sat outside of her ICU room and watched them for about two and a half hours as they hooked her up to ECMO to give her heart and lungs a rest. It was like we were in a bad dream, a nightmare. Two days earlier, we handed over a seemingly normal, healthy two-year-old, and now she was fighting for her life. However, as we watched them do what they needed to do, an overwhelming sense of peace came over us. I'd always heard people say, let go and let God. And it was at that moment that I realized what that truly meant. I had no control over this situation as much as I wanted to. All I could do was pray and pray we did. Hannah was on ECMO for five days and a ventilator for another seven days. After two weeks, she was finally healing and we could hold her again. When they put her in my arms, I lost it. I hadn't held her for over two weeks and it was so great to have her in my arms again. She was so weak after all this time on a ventilator. She had to learn to sit, stand, and walk again. But she did it. She's a fighter. And after another 10 days or so, we were free to go home. Life eventually returned to normal. Hannah started a part-time preschool, and we were relieved. She did it. She fought a big fight, and she won. Then December 2010 rolled around and Hannah's oxygen saturations had started to drop about three to five points into the mid 80s. Nothing crazy, but not her norm of 90 to 92. We headed back to Boston for a heart cath. They found a leak at her Fontaine baffle, repaired it and all was good. And then 2011 rolled around and Hannah began coughing up these mucus casts. We learned that this condition is called plastic bronchitis. It's similar to what people with cystic fibrosis has. As long as Hannah could cough them up, she was okay. However, if she was unable to get them up, it could be life-threatening. One very memorable night, Hannah coughed for four hours straight. Finally, she was able to get up this enormous cast, and uh, it was in the shape of her major uh, bronchial uh, airways, not a tiny cast. It was a big one. Over the year 2011, we made a couple of trips to Boston because of this plastic bronchitis. Heart cast revealed normal heart functions and numbers. They were stumped. We learned that plastic bronchitis was associated with the lymphatic issues, much like her previous issues with the chylothorax. And then in 2012, a whole new set of issues came up. Um, Hannah began coughing up blood. And not just little bitty specks of blood. She would cough up four ounces of blood at one time. So this gained us more trips to Boston. Each trip with another heart cath. Um, they were finding collateral vessels to uh, coil in case that was the reason for it. However, they never really could 100% say what was causing this. And then in 2012, Hannah began having episodes of plastic bronchitis and hemoptysis. 
at that point, Boston um, just didn't know what else to do. So we underwent a heart transplant evaluation. And we found out in June of 2012 that she was a candidate and Boston would list her as soon as we were ready. This meant that we would have to relocate to Boston to wait for an unknown period of time for her heart. My husband wasn't convinced and wasn't ready, so we decided to wait. And I am thankful for his reluctance. Fast forward many years later and Hannah is doing great. She's had no episodes of plastic bronchitis in years. Um, in November of 2020, Hannah did have, I'm sorry, of 2019, Hannah did have another episode of hemoptysis that led us to um, Auctioner in New Orleans. And um, they did another heart cap and coiled some more collaterals. And she was released and has been doing great since. It has been a long, difficult journey, but one that we have tried to gracefully travel. We know this is not the end of Hannah's heart journey, but we are strong in faith and confident that God will continue to see us through. We uh, learned this past summer of 2020 that um, Hannah and I both have um, a deviation in a gene that leads to our heart defects. And so this is, in fact, a, in our case, a hereditary um, thing. Anyway, um, Hannah is a sophomore in high school. She's learning to drive. She will turn 16 in less than two weeks. And uh, she plays the clarinet in her high school band, and she loves life. Her faith is absolutely amazing. I couldn't be more proud of the young lady she is becoming. She is a fighter, and no doubt God has great plans for her. And we are so blessed that he chose us to be her parents. Um, so this is our journey, and I hope that it gives some of you younger parents hope that uh, even in the darkest times, God is there with you. And, um, and some peace in knowing that he loves us and he loves our babies more than we do. So I find great comfort in that. Thank you for listening to our story. Thank you, Denise, for sharing you and your family story with everyone. We really enjoyed learning about you and Hannah. If you or anyone else you know would like to share their personal story with us for a Lanyap episode, please email us at nolahots at gmail.com. N-O-L-A-H-A-W-T-S. Thanks for listening. And remember, no judgment here. It's all about survival. Cheers.